Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are, middle of the week. We are now six days, less than a week, six days away from the most important election in our lifetime. <laughs> it's always the most important election. You notice that? It's always the most important election. Every two years, they preface it as the most important election in our lifetime. But you know what? Maybe this time, maybe this time there's something to that idea. Maybe this time there's something to the idea that this is the most important election coming up in six days in our lifetime. Simply because of what we've been through for the last couple of years, what the country has been through since the last election. Think of what the country's been through just since November of 2020. Think about it. We were at a time when we were promised that the, the coming vaccine, let's go back in time, just two years from today. Let's go back in time. This November 2nd, 2022, we were told that the vaccine was just about to be rolled out and that the vaccines would get us back to normal, that the vaccines were going to stop the spread. They were 98% effective and they could not believe the efficacy rate. They couldn't believe it. They would have, Fauci said they would have taken 70, 75, but it's 98. Can you believe it? 98. So we were told this is going to happen. We were told, I remember Biden said he was going to end Biden said he was going to improve the economy and end COVID. Remember that? He said that. He said he would he would end COVID. And at the same time, he would improve the economy. He wasn't going to shut down the economy. He was going to shut down COVID. Those are the words he used. So what did he do? What did the next what happened in the next two years? COVID was not shut down. The vaccines had almost zero efficacy at stopping the spread. And the economy was was has collapsed. So it was exactly 180 degrees the opposite of what Joe Biden said he was going to do. He said he, was no, he wasn't going to shut down the economy, meaning he was going to improve the economy and he was going to end COVID. And what happened? He did not end COVID, and yet he killed the economy. So he did the exact opposite of what he promised. You know, they talk about politicians not fulfilling their promises, and they'll usually go through a litany of things. They'll say, okay, this, this he promised it worked, this they promised it didn't happen, blah, blah. Biden, everything he said was a lie. Everything he said was a lie. Remember, I'm shutting down COVID. I'm improving the economy. He killed the economy and he didn't shut down COVID. So everything was a lie. So if you're going to fast forward two years later, when they, they always say that cliche, right? Are you better off now? You were two years ago with a presidential election in 24. They'll say you better off now than you were four years ago. It's this cliche we always get. But the truth is almost everyone is not better off now than they were two years ago, except certain people except the wealthiest among us, because the lockdowns and the mandates and all that stuff helped the wealthiest among us, did not hurt anyone with money. They could afford to sit out for a couple of years and do nothing. But the people who were struggling are the average Americans. Okay, the average Americans struggled over the last two years while the wealthiest among us got wealthier. So once again, this is a Democrat. Remember, Democrats are supposedly the party, they claim to be the party of the regular man, the working man. And yet the wealthiest among us got wealthier. Big farmers' stocks have shot up. I believe Pfizer or one of them is going to make $35, $40 billion this year, while the average person was destroyed. 
was destroyed financially, was destroyed mentally, was destroyed physically, was hurt. Many people died. This is what happened over the last two years. So when you look at promises, promises kept, promises made, promises kept, promises made, promises. These, these are promises made. Promises not kept. The opposite of what Joe Biden promised happened. The opposite. So there's nothing that Joe Biden or the Democrats can run on that can help them when it comes to real issues, right? So they can show empathy, which they're not even doing that much. They're just showing what liberal elitists they are because they have no empathy for people. They're not even acknowledging people are in trouble. They say things like crime's not a big issue. It's being blown up, right? That the economy is so strong. Right. Biden will outright lie and say that gas was five dollars a gallon when he took office, when it was two ten a gallon, two twenty a gallon when he took off. He'll just outright lie. And this was two years ago. This was almost exactly two years ago, not a hundred years ago, two years ago. We know, Joe, we know the gas was two thirty a gallon, not five a gallon. Yet he comes out last week and he says gas was five a gallon. Now, he's either lying or he's just has dementia. Either way, he shouldn't be president of the United States. If you lie about something that obvious, you shouldn't be president of the United States. If you have dementia and you mean this past summer, if you mean four months ago and say two years ago, you shouldn't be president of the United States. So either way, he's out. Either way, he needs to be out. Now, that's the sad thing. As excited as we are, and I'll get to, I'll get to his desperate, pathetic, old fool attempt today at getting some last-second votes with his ridiculous speech that CNN broadcast, that CNN, of course, would never have broadcast if it was Donald Trump making an outright political campaign speech six fucking days before an election. They tell him to go take a walk. They tell him to go take a walk. But we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But the fact remains that there is nothing Democrats can say about the real issues that can help them All they can do, and they'll never do this, is say, we fucked up. We are now going to course correct and do better. That's all they can say. Whether that would help them or not, I don't know. But at least that would be honest, right? We fucked up. We were the kings of the lockdowns. We were the kings of the school closures. We were the kings of the vaccine mandates. We hurt the economy. We're the reason inflation went up. We're the reason job market crashed. We're the reason so on and so forth. Then... But then say, you know what? Now we have learned. And, and, and not only have we learned, but here, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is what we're going to do. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is what we're going to do. Okay? In the next two years. They've done none of that. They've done all that they, all they've done is lied, like Biden does. And all they've done is try to deflect it towards things that don't matter to most people. That is a very cynical approach. It's not only a cynical approach, it's a tone-deaf approach. It's a tone-deaf approach because you have people watching morons like Biden talking about January 6th and uh, Paul Pelosi and all this fucking crap that people don't care about and abortion, which is a fucking... Democrats don't realize abortion's a wash. At best, it's a 50-50 issue. Actually, in this point in this country, more than half think there should be restrictions or no abortion. But let's say it's a 50-50 issue. It's a wash. It's a wash issue. 
Democrats are mostly on one side of it. Republicans on the other side. Independents are usually split. It's a wash issue anyway. Both sides feel equally strong about it, and there are people on both sides that equally don't give a shit about it. It's a total dumb wedge wash issue, but it's all they have. It's all they have. So let's fast forward a little bit to today. And Joe Biden goes on CNN and gives a speech, which is totally political. It's like the president talking about an issue. It's not like the president talking about something that's happening. It's not like the president talking about Ukraine. It's like the president talking. About, it's the president giving a totally it's a it's a political ad. OK, it's a political ad. Six days before election because his party is about to get their ass handed to them. And CNN says, oh, sure, Mr. President, we'll suck up to you. What kind of ice cream do you like? Which they would, of course, never they would never afford Trump the same speech six days before the election, just like they wouldn't afford Trump that crazy speech that Biden gave a mother a couple of months ago, which looked like he was Hitler and it was being filmed by Lenny Riefenstahl. They would have cut they wouldn't have taken it. And if that would happen, they would have cut out of it if it looked like that. But of course, Biden. once again, this is the media proving they're not even trying to look fair anymore. In other words, we think they're fake news. We think they're the enemy of the people. And now they're saying, OK, we are. Who cares? Who cares? You know, we're fake news now. The curtain's been the curtain's been pulled aside and Oz has been revealed. You know, we're fake news. You know, we're an enemy of the people. Trump helped bring that out. And now we're just admitting it. And now, fuck you. We're going to give Biden this free hour, whatever he wants to do. Because we want Democrats to win because we're all Democrats and we vote Democrat and we give all of our fucking money to the Democratic Party. So we, we're basically CNN, as most le- most news media outlets are just a basically a PR arm, a PR wing of the DNC. And once again, today, they prove that they're a PR arm of the DNC. They're not fucking journalists. They're not reporters. They were cheap. PR arm, easily whore bought PR arm of the Democratic Party that they have proven again. But once again, at this point, they're like, we don't care. You know what we are. We're desperate. We're six days away from getting our ass handed to us. So we're going to give them the hour. We don't give a fuck what you think about us. Okay. So he goes on. And what does he do? He once again makes my point that there's something very fishy about the Paul Pelosi break-in. Because here, Biden, the President of the United States, goes on CNN six days before the midterm election and says, this guy David broke in and said, where's Nancy? And where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where did we, we hear that before? The exact same words, those insurrectionists, those Trumper insurrectionists were chanting on January 6th. The exact same words. So, When it came out that he said, where's Nancy? And as I said on this show last Friday, when it came out that he said, where's Nancy? I said, isn't that an odd coincidence? I tell you, isn't it amazing that he said the exact same words that the January 6th protesters said? And isn't it amazing that the only person that could have been witness to that is Paul Pelosi because no one else was there, right? The cops weren't there yet. There was no third person. So the only way we could possibly know or the media could possibly know, unless, of course, the media just made it up, which is very possible. Of course, we know the media is bought and sold by the uh, DNC. So, of course, they can just make it up. But let's say they didn't. The only person who could have possibly heard that is Paul Pelosi. Okay, so do we believe Paul Pelosi? 
Do we believe Paul Pelosi is adding on to this, is embellishing to help his wife? What a, I tell you, what a conspiracy theory that Paul Pelosi might be embellishing a little bit to help his wife and, and the party he's been part of for 80 fucking years. Oh, what a crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. And here's the other thing about that that's odd. Wasn't Paul Pelosi bashed in the head? Wasn't his skull broken? Didn't he have to go for emergency skull surgery or brain surgery? So wait a minute. So the police get there, right? <laughs> and when does Paul Pelosi tell them that they said, where's Nancy? Because we heard that very quickly. It was like the same day or within 24 hours, we heard this guy supposedly said, where's Nancy? So when did Paul Pelosi have the wherewithal? And why would he even give that piece of information as he's being put into a fucking operating room. So he's bashed on the head enough where his skull fractures and he sits there and he goes, he said, is that what happened? Who, who believes this shit? Who believes this shit? And Biden, and they want to say, oh, you tinfoil hat conspiracies. And then Biden goes on CNN six days before the election and uses that piece of information to try to get votes. Well, I tell you, what a coincidence. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that Biden's able to use that piece of information to get votes six days before an election? This is how stupid the American people are. And I'm sorry, I have to generalize because there will be a section of people who buy this bullshit. To me, you're absolutely worthless if you buy this crap. If you absolutely buy this, this nonsense, this turd sandwich that Biden and Democrats are trying to sell you. And it's just when you do this, when you use something like the Paul Pelosi incident, whatever it may have been, to try to garner votes, six days before election, you lend people to believe the whole thing was made up and set up and bullshit. Because if it wasn't, you would just not talk about it. You would say it's an isolated incident of a crazy guy. Crazy people attack Republicans. They attack Democrats. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to make it a political. When you make it a political issue to try to score points, you are lending the idea that it's all fucking made up by you and the media who sucks your ass. Do you understand that? Am I out of line by thinking this? Am I out of line by thinking this? So this pathetic old fool goes on CNN and actually has the gall to say the issues aren't really that. There are things more important next week than issues. This is what this old fool says. There are things more important than you can't eat. There are things more important than you got no job. There are things more important that you got to eat ramen, that you can't feed your family, that the gas is so high you can't get to work. There are more important things. You know what that is? Democracy. Oh, the Republicans are taking away democracy. This old fool has a... So think about someone watching television. Think about someone watching the television. And they can't afford to eat. They can't afford to go to work. And this guy says, oh, but there are things more important than that, such as democracy. The future of democracy. More important than you going to work, feeding your family, surviving, living, having a good life like his fucking old ass that's had a good fucking life for the last half century off our fucking backs. Off our backs. And this guy has the balls, the unmitigated stones to say this. Six days before an election. I'll tell you something. 
I've hated a lot of people in my life. I think it's okay to hate people. I think it's fine to hate people. It's fine to hate people who you perceive hurt other people. If I perceive someone hurts other people, I can despise that person. I'm allowed to. I believe it's healthy and normal. I have never hated a president more than this old fuckface in my life. I've never called the president a fuckface. Never. Never. There were things I liked and disliked about Trump. There were things that really annoyed me about Trump. There were things I liked and disliked about Bill Clinton that really annoyed me about Slick Willie. There were things I liked and disliked about Obama. Bush, W, oh. The Iraq War, I couldn't stand the guy. I never called him a fuckface. Called him other things. This guy is a total piece of shit. He's garbage. He is. He's trash. People out there are suffering. They're starving. They can't eat. They can't feed their families. They can't get to work because gas is five to seven dollars a gallon. And this guy says, don't, don't, don't vote for those. Those things don't matter. We know it's more, more, more important than you being able to eat and survive. Democracy, the future of democracy. When his party is the one who shut down businesses. His party's the one that kept your kids out of school. His party's the one that forced you to get a medical procedure. The fucking fake fuck party of my body, my choice, of bodily autonomy. His party doth protest too much, Joe. Doth protest too much because you're the evil authoritarian who wants to take away democracy. Democrats are the ones who want to end democracy. Democrats are the ones who want to tell you how they believe you should live their life so they can prosper and you can get fucked. That's what they want. So if Joe wants us to vote for that, you got to vote for Republicans. Any way you look at it, you got to vote for Republicans. Whether it's food on your table, gas in your tank, or the future of democracy, you got to vote for Republicans. Now, of course, I shouldn't get too angry because Biden's approval in the last Quinnipiac poll is 37. On the eve of the election, 3-7, lower than Trump's put. Rating was ever in any poll. Don't believe lying Democrats. His approval was never below 40 ever. Okay. This guy's approval has been in the 30s for the last fucking year. So when he goes on television and says something, most people don't believe it because they don't like him. They don't like him. They're tired of his, of his angry old Alzheimer ass talking. They're tired of hearing him. They don't believe him. They know he's been a liar for half a century, a half century of lying. That's been his whole life, making money on the side, making money off his fucking fakakta son, his whoremongering drug addict son. People know what he's all about. People know that's why only a chunk of Democrats like him. Everyone else hates his fucking old guts. So when he goes on TV and does this, people say, you know what? I hate him so much. I hate him so much. You know what? Maybe I wasn't going to vote. Now I'll vote for Republicans. I was on the fence. You know what? This pushed me over the fence because they're tired of seeing him. He is the angry, old, mean tyrant that Democrats tried to tell you Trump was, which he wasn't, which this guy has been every fucking day of his life. And certainly for the last two years. All he does is go on TV and yell. All he does is yell. They say Trump yelled. Trump didn't yell. He spoke like a New Yorker, like well, we kind of yell, but we, he talks directly. He talked directly, honestly. You don't like what he was saying? Fuck off. That was Trump. This guy is like an old get-off-my-lawn guy, an old get-off-my-lawn guy that no one hates, all the kids are afraid of, and all of his neighbors can't fucking stand. That's who this guy is. 
Oh, this is Doug on TV. Who can deal with this? And we have to deal with this for two more years. That's the sad thing about this. No matter how well Republicans do, they can win every house, every seat in the House, every seat in the Senate, every governor's office. We're still stuck with this old fool for two more fucking years. Talk about a danger to democracy. That's a danger to democracy. That we got to go through two more years of what we just went through for two years. And God, if anything happens to him, you get that that brainless Kamala Harris, that bla- that fucking brainless identity politics affirmative action hire. So we got to hope he stays healthy. How sad is that? That was the most shrewd of Biden's. That was the most shrewd move of Biden's political career was picking her. Because he knows as much as we hate him, God forbid, she should be president. But yes, as you can tell, I hate the guy's guts. I hate the guy's guts. And really, to tell people that you're struggling, you're dying, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you Republicans are a danger of democracy. For for, for, for Democrats, because I, a a liar for half a century, is telling you that Republicans are going to end democracy. How fucking cheesy. How fucking low and cheesy and low-brow and disgusting can one person be? Some of the reactions. Buck Sexton on Twitter. I think I've told you how I feel about it. This speech is a total disgrace. Don't vote on politics. The senile president says, vote, vote knowing that our democracy is in peril. Democrats failed utterly in every way, so now they try absurd, cheap, emotional manipulation. Pathetic. Well said, Buck. While it lacked some of the seventh circle of hell vibes from his August speech, you could argue that given the timing and messaging, this was the most bizarre, tone-deaf, vicious, delusional speech of Biden's presidency, which is saying a lot. You know, it's really amazing. It's truly amazing. How de- this is, Once again, this is what happens, and I've said this before. This is what happens when you elect someone because you don't like the other person. When you're voting against the other person. Not for the person who eventually ends up, quote-unquote, winning. And that's another thing that's Biden. Like I've said, it's, it's Pelosi's fault that we're speculating about her husband because they won't release the videotape. And they deserve all the speculation in the world. They wanted to end the speculation. They'd release the videotape. Once again, until they release the videotape, I'm going to have fun speculating, okay, all I want. Because it's their fault. They could end it. They could have ended it a week ago. This is day seven going on. Day seven of no video surveillance. So they deserve it. So, once again, you get people who deserve their fate. The Democrats deserve their fate. They've created their fate. They have created their fate. And the only thing they can do about it is put a old, senile, demented, angry man on television screaming at people that democracy is in peril when his party has done everything they could to destroy democracy in the Constitution over the last three years. Everything they possibly could. And 
That's the pathetic thing about it. You know you're losing. So just lose. The kids like to say it nowadays. Take the L. Take the L and move on and shut up and pivot to the next campaign. Take the fucking L that you deserve so much and move on. Instead, you go on TV and you do what you claim Trump was. You claim Trump was going to do that. He never did. Those things you claim Trump was going to do that he never did. And this guy has done it over and over again. In the last two or three months, he's given at least two, if not three or four of these horrible, horrible, yelling, vicious speeches. That a dictator would give and only a dictator would get media coverage, right? Only a dictator would get media coverage. But CNN doesn't. CNN is in love with the dictator. So they give him the media coverage. They don't got to be forced to do it. They willingly do it. Dictators usually force the media to give them coverage. This coverage, this guy doesn't have to do that. CNN, MSNBC will willingly give his ass the coverage that they never would have given Trump. I can recall many times Trump was going to give a speech and it was like, oh, should we do it? Should we allow him? Should we do it? No, this guy, no matter what he has to say, he can sit there and lick an ice cream cone and sniff a 12-year-old girl's hair and then try to find someone to shake their hand that's invisible and they'll air it over and over and over again. I think it will backfire, won't it? People are seeing what a pathetic fool this guy is. This is the head of the Democratic Party. This is the head of the party that wants your vote in six days. How does this guy reflect back on his party? But there's more to this. Joe Biden's a very selfish man. Yeah, he cares about Democrat. Yes, he's been a whore for the party for 50, for half a century. But Joe Biden knows that when the Democrats get their asses handed to them in six days, all of the party power, all the, all the powerful people in the party are going to tell him he can't run again. They're going to tell him he needs to gracefully step aside or they will primary him and make him look bad at 80 years old. He knows that. He knows that a, a, a really bad result for the Democrats means the end of him. He will not be able to run for re-election. So that's another reason why Joe Biden's doing this, what you call desperate, pathetic, Hail Mary pass kind of stuff. Because he knows it's the end of his career. He knows he becomes an instant lame duck. You see, he's a lame duck with two years left in his term because he's going to have to announce early next year that he's not running again because the Democrats will not let him run again. And that will be the ultimatum. You can gracefully step aside and just easily use your age as a reason, or we will primary you and we will beat you. And that's not the way you want to end your political career, is it, Joe? So this is his desperate attempt. Think of how pathetic that is. Think of how pathetic that is. When this term ends, what will he be? 81, right? 82, 81. How pathetic is that? How pathetic that this is the way you end your career with these ridiculous, disgusting, vile speeches. Just so you can have what? So you can go in from you can go another four years into your. What is the point at this? It shows how pathetic people. It shows how pathetic these people are, especially Joe Biden, that 50 years in politics and four years as president in the end is not enough. 
It's not enough to retire as president at 81. No, no, we need four more years. We need, he needs more. He needs more. He needs more power. He needs more, he needs more years to destroy the rest of our lives, to fuck up democracy. He needs that. That he's so fucking desperate that he gives this kind of a speech. It's just, it's just, ugh. Gives me, he skeeves me. He skeeves me out. I mean, there are many people who are very smart out there and will tell me not to get upset. Um, yeah, there, there are candidates running for every level of office in America who won't commit to accepting the results. So that's when he goes into his bullshit that all of these Republicans running are not going to accept the fact that they lose. I'm not going to accept the fact that they lose. That that's the biggest, the biggest threat to democracy is a candidate not admitting they lost. That's the biggest threat to democracy. The biggest threat. Meanwhile, it was Stacey Abrams who never conceded. It was Hillary Clinton who never conceded. Remember, Hillary Clinton threw a tantrum. She threw a tantrum on election night and she never conceded. And she's been saying she wrote that book, What Happened. Everything she's done since her election has been about how fake it was, how Trump stole it, how Russia took it. That was a Hillary Clinton concoction. That was the Clinton, the Bill Hillary Clinton concoction that Russia stole that election. That's, that's, that's admitting you lost, saying Russia took it from you. And then Stacey Abrams never conceded. She said that Kemp was the secretary of state and he manipulated things because he had the power. Oh, the Republicans in Georgia run things and stole it. She never fucking conceded when she lost four years ago. Those don't count, Joe. How many Democrats, because we know Democrats are going to lose a lot more than Republicans in six days. How many of these Democrats are going to say they didn't lose or didn't lose fairly or there was a problem or they want to recount or this or that and everything how many let's keep track joe of how many in your party claim they didn't lose fairly in six fucking days buddy as joe Concha says it's stunning that this is what the party in power has chosen as his closing argument heading into a midterm where every sane democratic status will concede is about inflation crime border fentanyl education the speech will only energize the other side that much more Clay Travis makes the point that every time Biden goes out there, it helps Republicans and hurts Democrats. And he's probably right. He's probably right. But you know what? I'm tired of seeing this guy. I'm tired of his bullshit. I'm tired of his 50 years of lying. I'm tired of his half century of manipulating people. I'm tired of it. Okay? The big guy. The big guy gets 10. Remember that. The big guy gets 10. What would have happened... I love this game of what if. What if happened if Eric Trump or Don Trump Jr., Lara Trump, if it was in an email, the big guy gets 10? What would the media have done with that? What would the media have done with that? If they said the big guy, meaning their father, gets 10%, what would the media, would they, would they ever stop fucking talking about it 24-7, 365, for the next half century, they wouldn't stop talking about it? Want to count the number of times CNN and MSNBC has covered that story if the big guy gets 10? Count on one hand. If you make a fist with one hand, that's how many times they've covered it. But this is, the, this is what Joe Biden's been all about his whole career. It's now, it's now gotten worse because he's old and cranky and he's got dementia or Alzheimer's. So it gets worse. It gets worse. 
as it happens with, with many people in life as they get older, if they get these diseases and these problems. So it's exacerbated. His personality, which always was shit, is now a hundred times worse because of his age and his issues, mental issues. And so all he can do is get up there and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell and scream. And say the issues don't matter. The issues that are making your life a living fucking hell that we have created don't matter. Give us a chance to make your life a living fucking hell a little bit more. Give us a chance to lock things down again. Give us a chance to close your schools again. G- give, us, give us a chance to mandate other vaccines that will help my fucking friends at Big Pharma make billions. Give us a chance of doing that for two more years. Two more years. Two more years of lockdowns. Two more years of mandates. Two more years of masking. Two more years of our, of our foot on your throats. Give it to us. We earned it. That's his closing argument. At least that would be an honest closing argument. I don't know how many people saw that speech today, but if you saw it and you want to, if you want to comment on it, you're more than welcome. As, the, as Buck Sexton also says, he was good tweeting today by Buck. The Democrats who've been lecturing, by the way, you know, I think Buck Sexton and Clay Travis do a show together They're on the radio, if you didn't know that. They took over Rush Limbaugh's slot. The Democrats who've been lecturing you for two years about political violence were the same voices cheering on BLM riots across the country that lasted months. And they'll do it again. Of course they'll do it again. There's no doubt about it. Of course they'll do it again. Some of the libs who spent the last two years panicking incessantly about anyone questioning elections are in less than a week going to start questioning. This is exactly, did I just say that? This is exactly what Buck Sexton is saying, what I just said. They're going to start questioning their results themselves. They won't feel at all ashamed. This is who they are. Hypocrisy is the point. Oh, boy. Biden is a confused, senile liar. Well, we can blame his, well, you know what, the thing is you can blame senility now, but the guy's always been a liar. I don't think he was senile in 1975 or 1990, but he was always a liar. He's always been a liar. This guy's always been a scumbag politician through and through. Who thought riding Amtrak made him a regular guy. Ah, Scranton Joe, regular guy, rides Amtrak. (laughs) Pathetic. But this is what they say, the Democrats. This is what we're getting from other Democrats, like Kathy Hochul, saying crime is not an issue. It's made up. It's made up. It's not real. Uh, there's more crime in Nashville, Tennessee. There's, there's more crime in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Republican-run towns than there are in Democratic cities. This is what they want us to believe. This is what they want us to believe. There's more crime in Republican-run towns than Detroit and Philadelphia and San Francisco in New York, pathetic. It's really pathetic. What they really mean is we don't have to worry. This is what they mean, folks. We don't have to worry about these things. We don't got to worry about gas prices. We don't. So it doesn't matter what the gas price was or is. We don't got to worry about inflation. We don't have to worry about crime. We don't have to worry about crime. All we have to worry about is getting reelected. That's all. That's our biggest concern. That's all. That's our big concern in our lives. 
getting getting reelected for a, you know a two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar a year job. That's that's our concern. All these other things are just come on. You peasants have to worry about that shit. We don't have to worry about it. Buck Sexton again. Biden is so worried about political violence, but has he mentioned the attempted assassination of, of Brett Kavanaugh? Of course not, because this speech isn't about healing or unity. Quite the opposite. Never once did he mention the Kavanaugh. Never mind. <laughs> They'll talk about a guy who supposedly said, where's Nancy, which we know is a lie. It's a lie. He never said, where's Nancy. But they won't talk about a guy who was caught in his car outside of Kavanaugh's house who told the police, I'm here to kill Kavanaugh. They told the police that I'm here to kill Kavanaugh. That's what he told the police. That's his official statement. I'm here to kill Kavanaugh. And luckily, he had second thoughts about it. Did Biden ever talk about that? Did Biden ever talk about that? And how the left getting everyone heated over the abortion decision and protesting in front of the Supreme Court justice on their lawns with their families inside. Did Biden ever say how that may have led to this guy traveling 2,500 miles from California to Biden to Kavanaugh's house to kill him? And he actually said, I came across the country to kill Kavanaugh. Did Biden once mention that political rhetoric? The rhetoric of the left leading almost to the assassination of a Supreme Court justice for the first time in history. Did he mention that? This lying, hypocritical old fool. Did he once mention that? But no, it's the, it's the Republicans who are threatening democracy. It's the Republicans who are a threat to democracy. <clears throat> These people are lower than low. They really are. They're lower than low. All they can talk about is the 2020 election that will live on forever for them. In 2072, they'll say, oh, 2020, what happened in 2020? January 6, 2020. Oh, 2020, 2020, 2020. When did Donald Trump leave the White House? I believe he left the White House on January, was it 20th or 21st? Inauguration day of 2021, right? right? In fact, he left a little bit earlier. I think he has to leave by noon. I remember he left in the morning, like nine or 10 in the morning. He actually left the White House earlier, I believe, than any president has ever left the White House in the transition before. Have they, have they mentioned that? Did, did Trump, like, uh, handcuff himself to, in the Oval Office to the chair? Did he say, I'm not leaving? Did he say Joe Biden's going to have to get a, a room at the Ramada Inn? So Donald Trump did not remain president one minute, one second, one millisecond longer than any other president in any transition. Yet he didn't accept the election and he was a threat to democracy. See. This is what freedom is, people. And they don't want to. This is why freedom is more important than saying you won or lost an election. This freedom is much more important than conceding a loss to the election. Freedom to say, I think the election was stolen. Freedom to say, I think there were inconsistencies. Freedom to say, I think this mail-in ballot thing is, is a lot of bullshit. That is called freedom of speech. That's the First Amendment. The person who loses, like Donald Trump, from the time he loses to the time he leaves office, can talk all he wants about the election was stolen. That's called freedom of speech. 
He left the White House. He did not stay in the White House. The transition of power was smooth. They don't want to talk about this. This might be a different story if Trump uh, handcuffed himself, locked the doors and had MAGA people guarding it and saying, I'm not leaving this White House. Force me to. That might have been a little different. But no, he left early. He left earlier than the other presidents who lost an election. But yet that's a threat to democracy. That's a threat to how is the president leaving when he's supposed to even earlier than he was supposed to? How is that had that threatened democracy? He left when he was supposed to and Joe Biden became president when he was supposed to. That's what you call the smooth, normal transition of power. All Trump did was question some of the election integrity because the mail in ballots, we had never had that before. All of a sudden they did mail in ballots. All of a sudden we had a situation where it took two a week to find out who the winner was. Remember that Trump was the winner on election night. You remember that, right? Trump was the winner on election night. On election night, he came out two in the morning and said, looking pretty good. And then a day later, lost a few more votes a day later. And was it six, seven days later, Joe Biden was declared president because of the mail-in ballot. So the question is, and then Joe Biden also goes on TV today and says, well, this is normal. We have mail-in ballots and it takes time to count the votes. And that's normal. Well, Joe, how can it work for 250 fucking years? How come for 250 fucking years with every presidential election, they were able to count the votes on election night. And by one, two in the morning, we knew who the president was. How come that worked for 250 fucking years and we had to change that? So, no, it's not normal. Normal is on election night, you count the votes, you got a winner. Other countries, election night, count the votes, got the winner. Why can't we do it here in the richest country with the best technology? Even with mail-in votes, why can't we have the winner? Why can't we have the winner a few hours later? Why? Why are there always problems in this country? Oh, Wisconsin's got a problem. This, uh, this precinct has a problem. Oh, this precinct computers went down. Oh, this precinct, they're going to wait another 17 hours before they get off their asses and count them. Why do we have that? We did not have that before Joe Biden. Why do we have to have that? So that's why people question things, because that had never happened before. It's not like the nation was two years old, okay? In 250 years, that had never happened before, and then it happened. In 250 years, it never happened where the person on election night was the winner, and a week later, they were the loser. And now this is the first time it happened. So the person who lost questioned it. I would have questioned it if I was on a losing end. And whether there were inconsistencies or not, whether it was fixed or not, does not matter. The fact of the matter is, it had never happened that way before. On election night, Trump was not saying the election is stolen. On election night, he never said they're stealing it from me. But there's a problem in this country when they can't count the ballots in one day. When in every other country, they can do that. When we've been able to do it in this country up until two years ago. The only problem I remember in my lifetime where there was an issue and it took a while was that crazy 2000 election because of one state, Florida. 
And of course, that had nothing to do with mail-in ballots. That was those ridiculous chads that they were having an issue deciding if people had punctured the right one or not. But that was a weird, weird thing. And of course, it was incredibly tight by what, 600 votes, some crazy thing in a state of 20 million. That's the only time I remember in my lifetime where this was dragged out up until two years ago. And now what, the, what Biden is trying to say is this is a normal thing. Prepare for it to happen again and again and again and again. No, when that happens, people start questioning democracy, Joe. People start questioning the system. People start thinking people like you and your friends are getting their greedy little hands, their little slimy hands over things, okay? That's normal. It's normal to think that way when it happens for the first time since the inception of this country, okay? The difference was 2020, not everything that came before 2020. Everything that came before 2020, except for Florida in 2000, was normal and smooth. So the outlier is 2020, Joe. That's why people question that election more than others. That's why. Count the votes on election night. That is normal. Have a winner within a few hours. That is normal. That is why I, I would get together with friends on election night growing up. And we, at the end of the night, we would always know who the winner, who the loser was, even if it lasted to two, three in the morning, Eastern time. We knew who the winner was. That is normal. What happened two years ago is abnormal. And when things are abnormal, when things happen that people aren't used to, they're going to start questioning things. Especially when one person, it could be the D or the R, is winner on election night, and the other person, D or R, wins seven days later. People are going to say, maybe something's not right with that. How do you end that problem? Like I said, you could, Pelosi can end her issue, any speculation, by just releasing the video surveillance footage. How do you end this issue? Find a way to count all the votes on election night, the way it's always been. And if you can't do that, then it's your problem. Once again, just like Nancy Pelosi deserves all the speculation in the world about her husband because they simply won't release the video footage, which would put an end to it, the Democrats deserve all the speculation and problems and worries people have about the integrity of the election because they can't count the votes on election night. And I say this both ways. If, if Biden were the winner on election night and then Trump won seven days later, I'd be saying the same thing. And believe me, believe me, you, if it was the opposite, if Biden was winning on election night and Trump one, seven days later, you can guarantee that Democrats would be screaming about Trump stealing the election. You can guarantee Democrats would be screaming about Russia helping him again. But of course, the eventual winner is going to be happy and not, not going to complain, right? The eventual winner is just going to be happy and is not going to complain. The winner is going to say everything went fine, right? The winner is not going to ever admit to problems or cheating. Or inconsistencies. Why would they complain? They won. It's the loser that's going to complain about that stuff. And so watch, as I said, as Buck Sexton said, watch all of the Democratic losers complaining, having one reason or another 
why it wasn't fair a week from now. It's going to happen, but the media won't cover it. You could best see an MSNBC won't be talking about all the Democrats who are claiming that they didn't lose, all the Democrats complaining they were st- things were stolen, all the Democrats saying there were inconsistencies. Or what have the Democrats always said? What have the Democrats always complained about? The Democrats have always been election deniers. They've always had a problem, right? Don't they always say the lines are too long? They always say the lines are too long. People didn't get a chance to vote. Not fair. Fixed. The lines are too long. We put in a request to keep the precinct open an extra hour. It was denied. Fixed. They've always said that. Come on. The Democrats have always said that the Republicans are stealing elections. Always. It just wasn't the loud voice of one guy named Donald Trump and Trump derangement syndrome wasn't involved. They've always questioned election integrity. They've always questioned the progress constantly. Every election you can count on that. It'll happen again next week. and It'll happen again in two years. They always question the integrity. They always say, oh, the poor areas, the Republicans are not allowing poll. They're not allowing uh, polling sites in poor areas. The poor areas, the rich areas have more polling sites. The poor areas have none. And the Republicans are responsible for that. They're always complaining. And it all culminated in 2016. Before mail-in ballots. When everything was counted on election night, and by two in the morning, we knew that Donald Trump had won. Hillary Clinton threw a fit. They went back and they said, we have to come up with a reason. We have to come up with a way they fixed it because we can't admit we lost to Donald Trump. And they came up with Russia, Russia, Russia. And that became a four-year thing that was totally disproven. Nothing, all fake, totally fake, 100% fabricated. But no one talks about Hillary Clinton wasn't threatening democracy by coming up with the Russia bullshit. But Donald Trump, by complaining for a couple of months, he was threatening democracy. You see how what hypocrites they are? I know you guys know what hypocrites they are. I'm just once again emphasizing and proving what hypocrites they are. And unfortunately, this this old pathetic fool is going to keep going for five more days. And even after they lose, he'll keep going. He'll keep going and keep going. And keep going and annoying the fuck out of me and the rest of us. Oh, Daniel, what's up? Yeah, I'm going to read you a quote here. I think it's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you. Who said that? Say it again. Do it again. Give it to me again. I think it's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Oh, shit. This is a good quiz. This is a good quiz. Is this, this is recent history or are we going back? 2019. Oh, that's too much of a clue. <laughs> wait, they said this. In, wait, this person said this in 2019? Yeah. Joe Biden. No. Oh. Hillary Clinton. Oh, I was going to say Hillary. That was my next choice. Yeah. Was, and, oh, okay. So she said this. So, so she, was after, still, she was still saying this three years later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. So, that, that, that long after, she's still claiming that the uh, election was stolen from her. Stolen. Of course. She's written, she wrote a book about it. It's in, yeah. it's in print. 
It's in print. But yeah. you see, but you see, Daniel, they're Democrats, so they have a point, you see. <laughs> I'm, I'm being sarcastic, of course. You can't tell. You know, yeah. when the Democrats say it was stolen, oh, they have owned this very good reason. Oh no, because Republicans are slimy. But Democrats are totally above board. This is what they want people to believe. Who who would believe anything Biden said today? Who would believe anything Biden said today? I mean, it was just an angry, old, desperate man. I mean, the guy didn't even look like the president. He's like an angry old guy, an angry old guy that sits in like a lawn chair by his house. And when a kid comes on the lawn, he goes, ah, on that lawn. I mean, who wants to hear? We got to hear this for two more years. Oh, I can't take it. I think I, yeah, I, I think I'd rather live. I think I'd rather live in Canada. At least Trudeau. I, as much as I hate Trudeau, at least he doesn't scream and yell. I can't take this guy anymore. I really can't take him anymore. I mean, it's just one angry. And what really upsets me is that he's doing exactly what the Democrats claim Trump was, and it's what he is. I mean, it's just it's maddening to me. Yeah, well, he's only going to get more incoherent um, over the next two years. This is going to be a sad thing to watch. And when we all watch something very sad when Fetterman was de- debating Oz, just think what the next two years are going to be like as our president babbles on um, far more incoherently than Fetterman. And and it's not as a in a debate. It's in the capacity as president. Well, and he's going to scream and scream and scream. And he's going to be even angrier and angrier because Republicans are going to be running everything. And so all he's going to be doing for the next two years, we know what he's going to be doing for the next two years, screaming about how horrible the Republicans are and how they're ruining everything, right? That's all he's going to do. I mean, that's, that's already written in the playbook. Once, that, once Republicans win, you then, you then rotate. What he'll, this is what he'll do. Here, this is, this is how good clairvoyant I am or maybe just how old I am and how long I've been around. He'll come out right after the election and say he's very willing to work with Republicans. He's not happy about the result, but he's going to will. He's willing to work with them. Blah 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 blah. The usual bullshit. And but then he'll rotate as soon as the next year rolls around and the election. You know, the twenty twenty. He'll he'll rotate right away into saying how Republicans won't work with him, and they're saying no on everything, and they're ruining everything. And blah, blah, blah. you know that that that's going to be his playbook, and he's going to get so much, like you said, angrier. Right. Because it's going to be every speech is going to be anger towards the Republican Congress. But like you said, what's more pathetic is that his dementia is going to get worse. So on top of all that anger is going to be his his, you know, his furthering dementia. And God, I think it's going to be I think this place is going to be unlivable in that regard to have to hear him for two more years. Yeah. Have we ever have we ever had a, a president? That was removed because of um, he was incapable of serving. Have we, has that ever happened? I can't remember. Uh, no, we, we've had assassinated presidents. Have we ever had one that's that? that well, <laughs> uh, I, uh, no, twenty fifth. I don't believe the twenty fifth amendment has ever been invoked. From yeah. what I, no, no, it hasn't been. It's so difficult. I mean, you need to get you need to have like not, a vice, not even vice president has to sign on. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard. Has it better? Has it ever been invoked for for you know even a, a few days? I don't. I, I, it's a good question. I have to have a presidential historian, someone who understands that. I don't. I don't. I don't. Not that I know of. I mean, off the top of my head, I'd say no. But possibly yeah. at some point in history, it may have been invoked for you know a couple of days here. I don't know. But all, all I know is that for the entire Trump presidency, for four years, it was talked. To, the, the Democrats must have said it about eighty-five thousand times, right? Yeah. Right. They tried. But but no, you can't talk about invoking it against someone who's obviously, obviously has lost it 
cognitively he's gone. He doesn't have it. Anymore. It's gone. He has no. He has no cognitive ability whatsoever. So if there's any time it should be invoked, it's now. But you would have to get Kamala Harris to invoke it, and she's not going to do that. So I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting two years ahead of us. Very interesting on many, many, many fronts. But that's you know, that's all I wanted to talk about tonight was that uh, that famous quote from. Uh, Hillary Clinton, and um, it's it's this 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 yeah this, this hand wringing about our democracy. Um, <laughs> you had people like Charlie Krista saying that uh, what was his comment? <laughs> is he basically implying that uh, voting in the election is means the end of our democracy? <laughs> this guy is. It's, it's, I just laugh every time I see it. See it. Well, but it's, but it's 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 just pathetic, desperate attempts to. They are so pathetic. You talk just about have the things to laugh. That, it, 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 it's it's the uh, it's the most obvious. I, I understand. I, I get it. The party that looks like they're going to lose big, or in a presidential election when it's a candidate that where it looks like it's they had no chance. They always get a little desperate, and they throw him other passes because well, why not, right? But this is the worst I've ever seen in my life of a party getting so utterly desperate that they the it's 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 like. It's the bullshit that Michelle Obama spewed when they go low, we go high. This is the lowest of the low of the low that I've ever seen. And they seem to be shameless. There's no shame. There's zero shame in doing this. There certainly is zero shame. It's into the negative category. Um, one, one last thing. Here, here, here. I, I think this needs to work. I, I need. I think this sentence needs some work, but I think this sentence um, should be the final s- sentence that historians write about the past three years of all of our lives. Um, they wore masks, which could not filter airborne SARS-CoV-2, yet gave the Internet of Panisteria direct access to their unfiltered minds. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it is. And I, I think, like I said, based on what you just said, I think what makes me more upset than anything else is the fact that people out there, there's going to be someone, once again, it's very possible that what Biden has done with that August speech and now this thing today will hurt his party even more. It probably will, as as Clay Travis brings up. But just the fact that there's anyone out there who like, and I understand the people out there who like what he does, I mean, are just Democratic cultists. It doesn't matter. He could do anything and they say it's the best thing ever. But the people out there believe that. I mean, there are people out there who believe what he says, who buy his bullshit hook lines. It's to me, it's it's scary. I know it's a big country. It's scary living in a country where people like this exist. It really is. It, it is. It is. It, it is. It is scary in a, in a lot of ways. And uh, there's been a lot of scary stuff happening these last three years. And I just um, I. I I hope that nothing scarier than the last three three years um, is going to top. Uh, I, hope that, I hope we're not going to see anything top the last three years when it comes to the degree of uh, fear and scariness. Yeah. But I, have um, to I mean, say, that's, very, that's, I, I, that's all these I'm people very, oh, have By the to way, do. I want to read something in a second, which I think you'll like, which has to do with Rand Paul and what they plan on doing uh, once, yeah. they, once they win. But I, I think that... Um, I like the. I really. I'm really pleased with the. Uh, what's the word I want? I'm looking for, 
with the professionalism, I should say, of the Republican candidates running and their consistency and really sticking their discipline. That's the word I'm looking for. Their discipline and sticking to the issues. I think they've done a great job of that. Whenever I see these Republican candidates on television, they're always very good. They're sticking to the script of crime, economy, inflation, immigration, crime, economy. They're really good. I mean, they're doing the opposite, obviously, of what Biden's doing. There's no bullshit talk about issues people don't care about. There's no smokescreen stuff. It's really, they've stayed on message and they've done it. You know, it, it, it might be one thing for two, three, four, 10, 20 candidates to do that. But every candidate I have seen has been sticking to that script. And I think that's a big reason why they're going to do so well. They're really keeping to what people care about and they're not going off script. And I think, I, I, I think it's one of the best group of candidates I've seen in a long time, simply with their collective discipline. Yeah, I would agree. Um, one last thing. This is the, the very last thing. But, but you're going to love this is because this is, this is a similar quote to the Chris has been making. But um, uh, this is from your favorite, Rob Reiner. <laughs> um, he says, President Biden couldn't have been clearer. These midterms will determine whether we want to preserve our 246-year democratic experiment in self-rule or surrender to tyranny of fascism. So he's telling us, apparently, that voting is anti-democratic surrender. <laughs> yeah, right. Voting is anti-democratic surrender. And all that <laughs> stuff Democrats have done to us for the last two and a half years is, is totally, is freedom and democracy in action, baby. You know, this is what they say. Not that Rob Ryan was a hero of mine. I like his movies. But don't they say, don't meet your heroes because you're going to be disappointed? Well, yeah. it's basically, don't look at your hero's tweets on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, there's guys like Rob Reiner and, you know, whose work I've loved and, uh, and Stephen King. I mean, they've overlapped with Misery and Stand By Me, whose stuff I've liked. But they're total <laughs> political morons. But you know what? I don't want to hate their work. So I just ignore them now. I mean, they're just uh, George Takai, another nice guy, I like his work, and, but a total political moron. And what you have to realize is, is that most of these people... In, in the media and culture who, who might like their work, their professional work, they're total political morons. They're total political idiots, you know, and they have been their whole lives. So, you know, it, it, you take it with a grain of salt. I used to respond to Mr. Reiner. I used to respond to Mr. King and, and Mr. Takai. I don't even bother anymore because it's really just, you know what? This is who they are politically. Politically, they're, they're idiots. They're imbeciles. They're naive. They're ignorant. Um, and you know what? I don't want to I don't want to have to I don't want to go back and have to dislike the stuff I've liked about them in the past. You know, their work. So but no, Reiner, you know, that Reiner tweet you just <laughs> you just said, I, I yeah. saw the first sentence and I and I, and I scrolled down. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Once I saw him say, of course. You know, Biden couldn't be clearer. I said, oh, I don't want to read the rest. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to read. When has Biden ever been clear? <laughs> when has Biden ever been clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Full, full stop after that sentence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I stopped reading. I said, oh, that's the end yeah. of it. Yeah. Hey, oh, speak, speaking of heroes, um, one of our heroes, one of our local heroes, Laura Powell, she's, she's an attorney. Uh -huh. um, she, she and uh, her group, which is the New Civil Liberties Alliance, um, filed a suit against uh, Newsom 
um, yeah. uh, with respect to that um, bill AB two zero nine eight, which is um, meant to censor physicians uh, in the state if they go against the if they distribute misinformation about COVID. Uh, yeah, I just I was just reading Janine Yunin's tweet. You know Janine Yunin, right? Yep, yep. And she, she was. I'm pleased to announce Bob Alagola is representing Tracy Beth Hogg, blah, 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 the uh, Mr. Carardi, who we saw, of course, um, and two other doctors in a lawsuit yeah. against Newsom and the California Medical Board for Law. So basically, they're going to they're going to sue that his uh, law saying that uh, Gavin Newsom can tell your doctors what to say. And if your doctors don't say what Gavin Newsom says, they can lose their license, that that's unconstitutional, right? Basically. Yep. That's what yeah. it comes and, and, and of course it is. But you know what I would like to see before it gets ruled unconstitutional? That they turn it right around on them and, and with respect to these vaccines, because think of all the misinformation that's been spread about these and they keep spreading it. And they turn right around on it and they, they, they sue a physician that is claiming that these vaccines have, and there's, I'm sure there's still plenty of them out there that have some efficacy with respect to preventing transmission or infection. Right. I would just love to see someone go out there, catch a doc saying this and sue their asses off for it. Well, uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's that. Uh, you know what? You want you want like I do. You want more like you want more like retribution just for even doing this, which I agree with. And there should be. Or walk into a hospital that still has this, these these pointless scientific scienceless uh, mask mandates going on in their hospitals, and this and then ask physicians, do you think that this is scientifically valid that we wear these masks, and then sue every single one of their asses? Wait a minute, isn't not only. Not only the hospitals here, but even doctors' offices and dentists are still making people wear masks here. Oh yeah, the dentists are the, are the craziest because they know nothing about infectious disease. Yeah, and I'm and I'm also pretty sure that hospitals here, if you go into the hospital, they still stick a thing up your nose, the COVID, don't they? Um, I haven't had that happen in any outpatient clinic um, appointments, like for my annual physical. Um, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like if admittance, admittance to a hospital. Oh, if you're about. if you're admitted, um, I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody that's been admitted for a while. Well, I, I was that, I if, talked... if they didn't if they didn't end the masking, I'm sure they didn't ask. The, I'm sure they haven't ended the COVID testing. I'm sure they do it. I'm sure they do I, it. I, I, know. I, I would bet that there are some departments within um, hospitals, particularly on Kaiser, for example, um, that are doing crazy stuff like that still. For example, any. I bet you some surgical departments where there may be any cauterization going on, um, they're probably c- claiming that the cauterization is going to aerosolize COVID and therefore you have to have a COVID test. So things like that, yeah, I suspect that there probably is still going on. Um, and But yeah, that, that's, the, that's what you need to do. You need to turn it around on them, right before, you know, but scare the hell out of them before they... Um, uh, uh, and make them regret doing this before it gets declared unconstitutional. Yeah, I mean that you know it's but once again it's obviously going to be declared unconstitutional. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so that, it will. That, but 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 I just want to see somebody turn flip this on its head for them and yeah. say, yeah, here we go, buddy, fair play. Yeah. You know, yeah. how about this for a law? I think this would be a great law. How many unconstitutional things does a governor have to do? Before the governor's forced to leave office, is there a three strikes law that should be? How many, how many unconstitutional things is the governor allowed to do 
before he's forced to leave office for defying the Constitution of the United States. Can they just do as many as they want? Can, can, I think Newsom's done at least 15, 20 over the last two and a half years. So you can keep defying the Constitution till the, till the, till the courts strike you down? How, you can, how, keep, how about you can keep defying it after the court strikes you down. Well, to me, if you defy the Constitution, to me, it's like breaking the law. To me, it is. And I don't know of any examples in history where um, governors or or any other elected official, and I'm sure there are examples that have, have to, um, defied a Supreme Court ruling, um, but you, you, I think you could theoretically do that. Um, I'm not sure what happens after that. If 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 the um, executive branch gets involved, and then uh, um, uh, federal police get involved, I have zero idea what would happen after that. But um, the, the the remedy that, of course, the Constitution gives us is to simply vote them out. But you would have to endure them for depending on what office it is from any for two to six years, right? Right. Well, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, once again, I'm really tired of this, you know, so defying the Constitution, trying to circumvent the law just to you know, just to make political points to make. You know, he knows he's going to lose. They have enough lawyers telling him it's not constitutional, you know, so no. But just trying to score political brownie points with the extreme left wackos and say, look, I tried my best and, you know, I couldn't do any more. I mean, that's why he does those things, just to score brownie points with the people who vote for him. Yeah, yeah, they, um, this is a really um, uh, aggressive and, and, and hateful. Oh, oh um, although I did. Under- Sorry, I, I did notice that we actually lost something. You, did you notice that we lost in the Supreme Court for the airline mask mandate? Yeah, the TSA thing. that um, they, they, they said that the TSA um, can, continues to have that authority. But unfortunately, they, they aren't exercising it at this point. Um, well, I, I didn't look into what their justification was for allowing them to keep that kind of authority. But but the TSA was something we just created out of out of thin air, you know, around 2000. Right. And, and, and the Supreme Court is allowing it to do this. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really upsetting. Well, that's that's the next and that's the next move for a Republican president to get rid of the TSA. That's the next move. It's, a, it's been long enough. It'll be a quarter century when the Republican takes office. And the TSA has been around. They're supposed to be temporary. All these things are supposed to be temporary measures. Like, this, you know, everything's everything's temporary until it becomes a permanent emergency, like with COVID. But uh, the next Republican president simply needs to say the TSA has been around long enough. It did what it needed to do. And now we're going to move on. Because like you said, they're using their power to do these things. So yeah. we need to, they need, we need to just, you're right. And, you're absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. And, right. and, you know, I was a Democrat. I was like, like I've said many times, I was voted Democrat for 44 years. I was a Democrat, um, of course, during that time that TSA was created. And even at that time, I thought, this is nuts. This is nuts. Of course it is. But remember, temporary, man. Everything's temporary. Remember, 15 days to stop the spread is temporary as taking your sneakers off when you go on well, that an airplane. Was the first thing I it's all yeah, going to be temporary. Said was, this, wasn't good. this isn't going to be temporary. You don't set yeah. something up like this. Go make the expenditures to set something up like this and not keep it in place for at least a few decades. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's a, how, how could anyone possibly believe this was, this was going to be temporary? I mean, you, you, you know, who, who, who believed it was going to be 15 days? 
well, up, slow, up, the, yes. slow the spread, you know. I know. That, I know. That was but sc- that was scary shit because from from the beginning it was just like it's ain't going to be fifteen days, buddy. But we know it, and they know it. But they do these things to quell the public outrage. That's they do because they know if they create a new agency like TSA, there's all of a sudden going to have all these lawmaking abilities, and they tell people that, and they say this is going to be around for the next six decades. People would say, "Go fuck yourself," just like they would have said, "Go fuck yourself." If they said not 15 days to stop the spread, we're going to do 1,010 days to stop the spread. People would say, go take a shit. But they know they can't do that. So they lie. They know it's going to be longer. They know they're going to drag it out. But at the beginning, they know they can't tell you the truth because there'd be incredible public outrage and outcry against it. So they want to avoid that. So they lie. That's, of this, course. This, but, this is, but this is like, it's so obvious now. But people yeah. still buy it. Yeah, and and that's the scary thing. So of course they're lying. Of course they lied then. Of course they lied when they did the fifteen days thing. Um, of course they lied, and, and of course we knew we were, they were lying, and they knew we knew they were lying. Yet there was still so many people that believed it then and believed it two two point seven five years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. have a great night, Mike. Thanks, Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. As always. As always, as always. Um, Washington Post articles. You know, I'm not going to subscribe to everything. It's ridiculous. Everything, they want you to subscribe to everything. They really, it's amazing. This is something I also want to talk about. You subscribe to everything, right? You got to subscribe to the Times. You got to subscribe to the Post. You got to subscribe to everything. Every, every journalistic outlet you have to subscribe to. And if you want like YouTube premium, you don't want the ads, you gotta subscribe, you gotta but yet Elon Musk comes up with eight dollars, eight dollars, okay, to get a blue check mark, which a lot of people want. I think a blue check mark is actually more valuable than the YouTube premium and reading the Washington Post. And also other features like, you know, like no ads and like being able to move your tweets up and more people will see it. Eight fucking dollars a month, which is which should be actually one of the cheapest subscriptions of all these subscriptions. Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, Spotify. And yet the left goes insane. Even some on the right are going insane. And oh, my God, eight dollars. And of course, the left is lying, saying, oh. He wants the free speech, but you got to pay $8 for free speech. No, you don't. You don't have to pay the $8, you morons. You can still go on. You just don't get the blue check mark and all these added features. Just like you can go on YouTube. But if you don't do the premium, you don't get the added features. You got to see the ads. Spotify, premium. You don't do it. You can still go on Spotify, but you don't get the ads. These people are so stupid. They're so stupid. Their hatred Fueled by Trump derangement stage four, terminal Trump derangement syndrome, makes them say the stupidest, no common sense things. Like this $8 subscription is so different than the subscriptions that are 10, that are their 10, 15, $20 a month for all these other things. And he never said you can't come on if you don't pay the $8. He said you won't get the blue check mark and the special features without the $8. It's no different than any other subscription in which you must subscribe to almost everything on the Internet these days. Right? The Post gives you three articles you can read a month. Then you got to subscribe. The Times gives you three articles you can read. Then you have to subscribe. So, in fact, when it comes to, like, the Washington Post and the New York Times, you can't even read them regularly if you don't subscribe. You get no access. But that's okay. 
That's okay, because it's not Elon Trump, who all of a sudden, according to the nutty, fucked-up left, is this big right-wing Trumper, even though he's voted Democrat his entire life. Till now, like me, like Daniel, like the millions and millions of Democrats who are going to vote Republican in six days. These people drive me insane. i got to get out of here. Anyway, I'm trying to read the Washington Post article about Rand Paul. And I'm not subscribing, and I don't subscribe. So I know there's a way around this. You cut and paste. Let's see. I'll, I'll try that as I'm on with you. Control-C. Let's go to a different browser that I don't usually use. Let's see if I can get around this firewall. All right, I'm going from Microsoft Edge to Google Chrome. You see? I'm drawing back the curtain and revealing Oz. It's like, okay, here we go. Okay, now I'm going to go Control-V. Washington Post article. Let's see if it comes up. Let's see if I let's see if I won. Let's see if I let's see if I broke the code. I don't know. Doesn't look good. I must have used this browser too. Nope. They've got me. They've got me. I can't do it. Okay. Read more when you register. Create a free account or log in. Yeah, no credit card. Then you know, yeah, then says, oh, subscribe for unlimited access. I'm not going to do this. Anyway, the story is, as you know, Rand Paul has been the only one who has <clears throat> gone after Fauci and has grilled him and has not treated him as Lord and Savior. Um, and he is in line to chair the, the Senate health panel if the GOP take control. As the election nears, I can read the first paragraph. Biden administration officials are dreading three words. Chairman Rand Paul, oh no. Accountability, oh no. The Kentucky senator who has clashed with Tony Fauci and other health officials throughout the pandemic is in line to lead a Senate committee should he win re-election and Republicans retake the chamber next week. While Paul is heavily favored in his own race, GOP control would give the libertarian doctor an outspoken critic of the government's coronavirus policies, the power to lead investigations, and help set legislative priorities next year, either as chairman of the Senate's sweeping health committee or its more targeted government oversight panel. This is what, this is what, this, this is why, okay, so this is another reason why Biden and Democrats don't want you to vote Republican. Because you can't have, we can't have, we can't have this oversight. We can't have accountability. We can't have accountability. You know, we know we were wrong. We know we were evil and sinister and disastrous over two and a half years. And we don't want accountability. We don't want that on TV. We don't, we don't want that at the Capitol. We can't deal with accountability and justice. No. But you know what? We're going to get it. We're going to get accountability and justice. Clock is ticking, baby. Clock is ticking. Yes. Rand Paul, the guy who was right about absolutely everything on COVID, is in line to share the Senate health panel if the GOP wins control. So, as as I was told directly by Dr. Scott Atlas, when the Republicans win, there will be hearings both in the Senate, chaired by Rand Paul, and in the House. It will happen. They are going to happen they're going to happen quickly, probably starting in January, and it's going to be like one of the first orders of business for the oversight committees. So that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And if you've never voted Republican before, once again, I implore you to vote Republican this time 
just for that reason. If nothing else, if crime doesn't matter to you, if immigration don't matter, if inflation doesn't matter, if gas prices don't matter, if all the stuff doesn't matter, vote just so we get oversight and justice and investigations into what happened over the last two and a half years. Okay? That's it. Then you can go back to voting Democrat again, although I don't recommend it. I know I never will. I never will. I'm, I'm proclaiming on this show, as I have many times over last year, I'm never voting Democrat again. I'm never voting. I'm never voting for a party that was okay with what happened over the last two and a half years. I'm never voting for a party that has a president like Joe Biden. Not happening. Not happening. Maybe after my lifetime, they will change, but they're not going to change in the next 30 years, 35, 40 years. If I last that long, um, yeah, so it's just it's just really funny how people like AOC and the left are just totally going apoplectic. Over, and, and now they're lying, of course, as usual. They've said, oh, uh, in the one week since Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, now people are going on using the curse, saying F you, F you this, F you that. Of course, it's whole nonsense. It hasn't happened. I have, I, I'm on Twitter more than anyone else, and I don't see all these, all of a sudden, these right-wingers cursing people out. They make this shit up. They just make it up. They make it up, people. They make it up. Their lives are so meaningless, so empty, so devoid of anything that they just have time to make this crap up. Well, we'll see what happens. Tomorrow we'll do some... Uh, tomorrow we'll do some poll looking. We'll look at some polls together and we'll see what's happening. Um... We'll see how many more seats the Democrats have lost since Biden's last speech. But uh, right now, once again, it's still looking. It, it, it usually doesn't change that much in the last week. Usually by now it's all set in stone. These campaigns have been going on for, you know, 6, 10, 12 months. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's going to vote who they're going to vote for. It doesn't really change that much. But there are a couple of races that are worth looking at. There are some tight ones like, you know, Kathy Hochul, New York, and Lee Zeldin. That would be a huge upset. You know, I don't. I don't think some of. The, I don't think Oz and Overfetterman is a huge upset, right? It's a slight upset. Pennsylvania is more blue than red, eh, but after that last debate, it's not going to be a shock. You know, Herschel Walker over Warnock. Georgia is still Georgia. It's not a shock that a Republican's going to win Georgia. It's not a shock to me that a Republican's going to win for senator or governor in Arizona. It's not because Biden won <coughs> by a few votes in those states. Doesn't mean they're blue states. So. But the big, like, Hochul, like a Democrat losing in New York now is huge. That would be just, to me, that is the big, it would be the more more of an upset than Michigan and Oregon going to. Oregon and Michigan, especially Oregon going to the Republican, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's rare. It hasn't happened in about 35 years. But I think New York, with all the leftists in New York, next to California, right, DC, New York, the most liberal city of 8 million people in the country going to a Republican post-Trump, just two years post-Trump, with Trump derangement syndrome at its apex, that would be huge. That, that's the one to look at. That's the one to look at. Because that would just be earth-shattering, I think. Yeah. Like I said, forget that... Uh, According to Biden, just forget that you can't feed your family, you can't sleep, you can't get to work. None of that matters. Only that matters is maga mooga booga looga, maga booga boogie man, maga maga boogie man. That's all Biden can say. 
we must know what's at stake. And it's not just the policy of the moment, he said. It's not just that you can't, you can't eat. It's not that you can't get to work. It's not that you don't have a job. It's not that we closed your business and it never reopened. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Republicans are going to complain that they have, that they, that the election was fixed. That's what matters. Even those Democrats that'll complain that the election was fixed because they're the ones that are going to lose this time around. It's, you know, this is just, it's, uh, I just can't, I can't, I really can't take it. Well, I'm going to do a last, uh, well, Daniel called, but a last call for calls. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about? No, just, uh, just ending a little bit on the Pelosi thing. This is going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This will be third, day six, right? Day six going on day, no, actually day six going on day seven of no surveillance, no video surveillance. And now I'm watching Fox and I'm watching other news agencies, networks, and I'm hearing more people saying what I've been saying over the last week. Like Mark Garagos, a great lawyer, he said, why don't they just, they, they deserve all the speculation. They deserve all of the theorizing. They deserve all of this because they simply won't give us the facts. They won't release the video surveillance footage. They won't tell us why there was no security. They won't tell us why there was no ADT system. All these things that make no sense for the second or third in line for the president, however you look at it, and the Speaker of the House, it makes no sense. And now the Capitol Police supposedly weren't monitoring it. And now they've changed. They keep on changing. See, this is the media keeps changing their story. At the beginning, the media wanted us to believe that he was naked and that he was part of this nudist colony. And so it made sense that he was naked because he's a crazy nudist. And now they're saying he had clothes on. So they keep on changing. The media keeps changing the narrative. They keep changing the facts. And they want us to believe them. They want us to believe they're real news, not fake news, that they're not the enemy of the people that we know they are. And they allowed Biden to make a speech like this six days before an election. It's their own fault. Pelosi and her family deserve all the speculation simply because they are not demanding that the video footage be released. And the only reason, once again, I'm going to speculate because they deserve it. They don't want this video footage to be released is because it doesn't show what they say it's supposed to show. Pretty obvious. Now they're saying they're going to release, maybe in a couple of days, a week, they'll release the body camera footage of the cuff. But what is that going to show? They got there at the end. They got there supposedly, luckily, coincidentally, just as the hammer was coming down on the, on the on Paul Pelosi's head. So we're going to see a scuffle, right? We're going to see a scuffle. I guess we'll see a scuffle between two people. We'll see if they have clothes on or not. And that's about it. But we're still not going to see what happened before the police got there. Which is the most important thing, because anything could have led, the whole point of the theorizing is that anything could have led to that scuffle, right? Right? A friendly quarrel, a gay level quarrel, a sex quarrel, like any kind of a quarrel could have led to that. We want to see what led to that. We want to see the guy breaking in and that he wasn't let in by Paul Pelosi, that he wasn't an invited guest, that he actually did break in. So just show the video of him breaking the fucking window. But they won't. It's so obvious. Why won't they show that? This isn't national security. The guy's not part of Mission Impossible. He used a hammer to break a window. Why can't they show that? Supposedly, that's what he did. Just show it. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm glad I'm hearing more people saying this now that they deserve 
all the ridicule and speculation simply because they won't show the evidence. Like I said, when a bodega gets ripped off, in the same day, within 24 hours, we're seeing, here's the video camera surveillance, here's the, this angle, that angle, the other angle. You can see the pants the guy's wearing, the shirt he's wearing, the color of his eyes. And this is a week later, and they're not showing it, and it's fucking Nancy Pelosi's mansion. It makes no sense. And I will continue to have fun at their expense until they show a videotape. I'm going to end on that. All right, as usual, thanks for listening. Daniel, thanks for, for calling in. Um, it's getting close, people. It's getting close. It's almost here. It's almost here. Oh, God. Tuesday night is going to feel like... It's going to feel like a, a... I say a breath of fresh air, but it's going to be... It's going to feel like freedom rushing in to me. It's going to feel like freedom rushing in. Remember, this show is on Monday night through Friday night. 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, the name of the show is Unless Be Heard. I'm Mike Shopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow night.